Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, amen. Sorry, I forgot which microphone I was using, amen. (laughs) Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, uh, let's open up to Ephesians chapter 2. We thank our musicians and singers for their ministry. Amen. And uh, we're going to open up to Ephesians chapter 2 tonight. Ephesians chapter 2. Growing up on the, out in the country, out on a ranch, out in the middle of Wyoming, well, southeastern corner, um, there's times where you're out there and you've got lots of time to think. And there's times, you know, there's not a lot of hustle and bustle. There's actually pretty much no hustle and bustle except for branding time and haying season, all that kind of stuff. Uh, But I remember when I was probably around 10 or so, uh, well, a little older, I guess, um, I would go out in the winter times at night on the the weekends. I would go out and I would check the cattle uh, with my dad when I was younger, with my mom. And then as I got older, 13, 14 years old, I would go out by myself. And, and so in the wintertime, the cattle give birth. And so you've got to keep an eye on them, make sure that things are going well, that they're, if they're having trouble giving birth to, to one of their calves or whatever, you help them out, etc. And so uh, you go out there, and, and it's, there's snow everywhere. It's pretty much silent outside. Uh, you can hear coyotes from miles away. You can hear, there, we had a train that would pass about seven miles away, and at night, in the, especially in the, uh, with snow on the ground, 
If there was a train going by, it sounded like it was coming right through the front door. But anyway, um, as you go out there, you could look up into the sky and you could see, it felt like you could see every single star in the sky. In fact, there's so many stars that you could see sometimes, it was actually difficult to find the constellations. And I learned when I was young how to find constellations, the Big Dipper and those kinds of things. And there were times when there were so many stars that you could see, that you could see the Milky Way going across the sky, and you can see all, just all kinds of stars and planets, and, and you can see the little uh, airplanes flying over and satellites blinking, and you know, there's a lot of times when I look out there and I'll be like, I wonder if there's aliens. <laughs> How many have ever wanted to see UFOs or aliens? Anybody? Am I the only one? <laughs> Amen. A couple of weeks ago, I think it's been two weeks, maybe a week and a little over a week, uh, Congress had a big, uh, they had hearings up on Capitol Hill, right? About UFOs. This is serious business. There's serious things. You know, uh, we need to know the truth about the little green men and their spaceships, right? And so, um, you know, I was thinking about these things, and I want to preach tonight. UFOs and aliens. That's the title of my sermon. <laughs> Amen. And we're going to put this thing to rest tonight. The, 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 uh, the controversy and the doubts are over as of tonight, okay? How many know UFOs and aliens are all the rage these days? And uh, so tonight I'm going to preach from the Word of God, but I also want to include a little bit of my own story, my own experience with UFOs and aliens. Amen. So we're going to get right into the scripture. Because did you know the Bible talks about UFOs and aliens? It does. We're going to look. We're going to see right here tonight. Just real quick. UFO stands for unidentified fleshly objects. You'll see why. Ephesians 2. We're going to go. We're going to start in verse 1. The Bible says this. And you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Did you catch it? Right there it talks about, one kind of alien, the prince of the power of the air. Verse 2, right? Verse 4, but God, amen, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision 
by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, here it is, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your kindness, your grace, your salvation. And we're asking tonight that you speak to us and help us, Lord God, to find our place in your kingdom, to live that out even as we're strangers in this world. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to consider, first of all, the UFO in your home. It is the unidentified fleshly object that lives in your home. How many know a lot of times we don't even recognize the problems we create for ourselves? Right? And if you're wondering what the unidentified fleshly object in your life is, it's your carnal nature. Our carnal nature oftentimes goes unidentified. We don't recognize why we're doing what we do. And because of our ignorance and because of our failure to identify these things, sometimes people continue in these issues. And one of the main problems, one of the main reasons we don't identify our own worst enemy is because we are professionals at placing the blame, aren't we? Anybody that's got kids, you're like, man, I see illustrations of this every single day. You got more than one kid especially. Amen? And so, you know, uh, placing the blame is not a new thing. How many know the first thing that happened when God confronted the first sin, the first response was, she did it. She made me do it, Lord. Matter of fact, not only is it her fault, but it's your fault for giving me that lady. Right? Adam, Eve, they didn't recognize their own responsibility. Instead, they were just passing the blame, passing the buck. Right? Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. Adam blamed God. God said, oh no. <laughs> There's going to be consequences for this. And it's very interesting. All of creation was thrown into what Pastor Mitch used to describe as incipient death because of one sin. And incipient death means the progression of death. You know, we're all in the process of dying, aren't we? Some of us faster than others, but either way, we're not going to be here forever, are we? And so this issue of placing the blame is a serious issue. We see a, a prime example of this in Saul, the King Saul. In 1 Samuel 15, Saul was commanded by God to do something he didn't really want to do. And so what he did was he kind of halfway did it. But he convinced himself that he had obeyed God. And when, when his pastor came to him, Samuel came and, and followed up with him on that. And said, he said, blessed are you of the Lord. I have obeyed everything the Lord told me to do. Right? Samuel says, okay, well then why do I see evidence of disobedience? Why do I hear animals that you should have put to death on your mission from God? Why do I hear those same animals still bleeding? Still bleating like sheep. Bah, that, not bleeding. <laughs> if they were still bleeding, then he would have obeyed God. Amen. <laughs> Verse 21 of, Sam, of 1 Samuel 15. This is what Saul says. 
The people took of the plunder, the sheep and the oxen, the best of the things, which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. The question is, why did they do that, Saul? Oh, because they're just so bad. No, it's because you didn't make sure that they did what they were supposed to. Amen. And so it's dangerous to play the blame game. How many know that? It's very interesting. We think we're getting away with stuff, don't we? When you blame everybody else, you think you're excusing yourself and you're getting off scot-free. But the reality is that it's not just us here on earth and God in heaven, right? There's God in heaven who sees absolutely everything. But we also have very real enemies. Our text, back to our text, talks about the prince of the power of the air. Who is that, you think? That's talking about Satan. Amen? And it's very interesting. It says that his children are those who live in disobedience. Hmm. You starting to make connections? We ought to connect these dots. So God commands something. We disobey Him. Guess who we are aligning ourselves with? With Satan. You say maybe, oh, I don't believe in the devil. Great, he's happy if you don't believe in him because he can manipulate you that much easier. Making you think, oh, I'm just doing what I want to do. How many of you ever said that? I'm just doing what I want to do. I've talked to people, I don't remember how many times I've been witnessing to people, especially when I was in the Marine Corps talking with guys. Uh, you, know, you know, you do know that as you're doing those things that you're doing, you're serving the devil. I don't serve nobody. I'm my own man. You are government property. Let alone the spiritual element. Amen? You ain't no, your own man. Whatever, man. Like old Bob Dylan, that great theologian, said, you're going to serve somebody, right? It's either the Lord or or the devil, but you're going to serve somebody. And so what's interesting is as we are in disobedience to God and we blame everybody else, we open ourselves up to the demonic, if you persist in that. Look at what our text says. Uh, Not our text, but 1 Samuel 15. Verse 22 Samuel said, has the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Did you catch that? We can put a witchcraft curse on our life with our disobedience to God, with our rebellion to God. You don't have, it's very interesting. A lot of people will be more concerned about what are the, are they out sacrificing cats at the beach and feeding them to the gators? Be wor- all worried about that. Lose sleep. Pastor, could you pray for me? I think somebody's cursing me. Might not be that some might be that you are cursing you. Amen. With our because when we're rebellious against God, when we disobey God, we're cursing ourselves. It's very interesting. We notice if you notice Saul, he told Samuel multiple times, "I've obeyed God in everything He told me to do." One second he's telling Samuel this. The next second he's saying, "Oh well, you know the people uh, did not do what God said to do." And I'm in charge of them, but, and 
I allowed them and I didn't tell them anything different, but I did. Bro, you're, you're con- contradicting yourself. Why was that? Because he failed to identify what the real problem was. Amen? He passed the buck. And in his disobedience, and in his failure to recognize the enemy within, he became a victim of it. This happened, this, if we think that could only happen to Saul, we are fools. Because that's a picture of human nature. It is all kinds of normal for your carnal nature, your sinful fleshly nature, to want to pass the buck. That is the first reaction of our flesh whenever somebody calls us on our mess. Amen? It's either that. It's the devil made me do it. devil made me. No, I made my own decision. Amen? And so it's interesting. You know, how many know Satan is a very real adversary? He can hurt people very badly. His entire focus in life is to supplant God, take God's place. And so if we obey him, he's getting his wish in a certain sense. How many know? It's a false sense and it's not going to last, but he feels like God when people obey him. Isn't that very interesting? And we think, oh, we're just, we're just doing our thing. We're just, no, you're, you're giving the devil his pleasure when you do that. Amen? And it's interesting, you know, Satan only has power over the children of God in the same level as we have rebellion in our lives. Rebellion to God. Ephesians 2, 1, 3, look, let's look back at our text. It says that He made you alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. And you'll say, well, pastor, listen, look, that's talking about people before they're saved. Yes, yes it is. Yes it is. But how many know that principles apply on both sides? Even if I am saved, if I'm disobedient to God, I'm coming out from other God, under God's covering. And under his, from out, out from under His authority. Why? Because I'm going against His authority. And when I come out from under God's authority, guess whose territory I'm going into? The devil's territory. And guess who then has access? Hello? And, pe- and when we don't even recognize that my decisions, my attitudes, the way I speak to my wife, I'm stepping out from under God's covering and I wonder why my marriage is falling apart. Well, what are you speaking? Are you speaking in accordance with the will of God in your marriage? Are you treating each other in accordance with the will of God in your marriage? Well, I just tell it how it is and how I feel. Yeah, and uh, that's really going to hurt. Amen? This isn't a marriage sermon, I promise, okay? We're, we're not going to go too far into there, okay? Everybody just... <laughs> All right. Let me know God is bigger than the devil. 
Praise God. And deliverance is real. Amen? In Jesus' name. What did Jesus say? In my name you will cast out demons. And that works. Amen. The authority of Jesus is, is above and over every spiritual force, every spiritual person, personality. Amen? Some of, it, some of you, you've experienced that personally. In Jesus' name, come out of them and they go. But how many know that deliverance and dominion are not the same thing? You can get delivered, right? But deliverance without genuine repentance is horrifyingly dangerous. Why do I say that? Well, Matthew 12, Jesus spoke about this. In Matthew 12, verse 38, Jesus spoke about it. He says, uh, the Bible says that some of the scribes and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, listen, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. In other words, they stopped passing the buck. Right? They didn't blame everybody else. They said, I'm the problem. Not him, her, the devil. No, I am the problem. My sin is the problem. God have mercy on us sinners. Amen? And guess what? They were forgiven, weren't they? They were spared. They repented at the preaching of Jonah. Indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed a greater than Solomon is here. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes throughout dry places seeking rest, and he finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes, takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. Now notice what Jesus is saying here. He's giving us a glimpse into the spiritual realm, the realities of spiritual warfare. Demon spirits are cast out, aren't they? Amen. They have to go in Jesus' name. But it's very interesting. It says that that spirit goes around and it's trying to find somewhere to live, when it doesn't find a place, it goes back to where it came from. It says, I'm going to go back to my house. Because that's the way they see it. This is my house. You're mine. That's what the demons think. Demon of alcoholism, whatever, addiction, you name it. They see people as theirs. Now it's interesting, they were driven out. But why was he able to come back? And why was he able to come back with friends? It wasn't because the house was swept and put in order. It was because the house was empty. That's why. If it had been swept and put in order and Jesus was dwelling there, the Holy Ghost, how many know that demon has to stay out? Amen. But what happened? They just wanted to see some signs. They just wanted a quick fix. They didn't want to really deal with the real issue. They didn't really want to repent. Want to continue passing the buck. And guess what? Now, things are worse than they ever were 
before. So I want to ask you tonight, have you identified the unidentified fleshly object in your home, in your life? Because this is very, very important. This is essential in a Christian life. There's a quote, a, a great hymn, Come Thou Found of Every Blessing. And there's some of the lyrics to it. It says, I'm not going to sing it okay, but it says, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Has anybody ever felt that? Like, I want to do right, but I just feel like my, that wicked, nasty flesh is like calling to you and drawing you. The temptation. Am I the only one that's ever experienced that? It can't be, right? Jesus, had, Jesus was tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin. And that's our hope tonight. Amen? But we have to identify it. You've got to call it what it is. If you don't, just aliens. I don't know why things are crazy in my life. Well, you haven't identified what the real problem is. Now, our text speaks about two kinds of aliens. Amen? There's two kinds of aliens living among us right now. There's those who are aliens to heaven because they're at home here in this world. And there's those who are aliens in this world because they're at home in heaven. And you're one of those, one of those angel, uh, aliens tonight. Not angels. People are not angels, okay? Different creatures. What kind of alien are you tonight? Are you so comfortable at home, here on earth, here in the things of the world, the entertainment of the world, the mindset of the world, the language of the world, the jokes of the world? You're so comfortable here in the world that you think, gosh, I don't know, I don't know if I really want to go too bad. I want to go. How's that saying? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die, right? So what kind of alien are you tonight? We've got our flesh to deal with, right? Our text talks about how we were, because of our flesh, we were aliens to the kingdom of God. But in Christ, we're made aliens to the world. Thank God for that. Amen? How many are glad to be aliens in this world? We're sojourners. We're passing through. This is not our home, is it? Thank God for that, because this place is going down faster. I feel less at home every day, pretty much. Hello? Anybody? Am I the only? I can't. I, I mean, I went to Starbucks today, and I was like, you want to talk about something that can make you want to pray? Green hair everywhere. I'm like, if you got green hair, I love you. you don't, get, don't get me wrong, okay? I'm, I don't hate you if you have green hair. Just make sure it's green alien hair for, against the world or something. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> but do you ever feel like an alien on earth? You ever feel like, man, I do not fit here. I don't belong here. People talk about the new normal. Talk about getting back to normal. Some people want the new normal to be the new normal. They want it to stay. Other people say, I, we just, I just want things to get back to normal. You ever said that recently? I think a pastor just preached about that. I want to get back to the normal, what's normal. But what's interesting, you know, unless we know what, why, why were things normal? Why was it normal that 
racism of all kinds is wrong. Why was that normal? Now it's only, you, racism is wrong, as, but there's exceptions if it's racism against certain groups of people, isn't it? That's acceptable. No, no racism is acceptable. But why? That's the question. The reason is because all mankind was made in the image of God. How many are with me? That's why that was normal. Because it was a godly principle that our society, by and large, agreed with. Hello? Right? Slavery was wrong. How many agree that slavery is not a good thing? How many agree it's wrong? But there's boatloads of people nowadays that, oh, slavery, slavery, but they would have no problem enslaving people that don't agree with them. Slavery is only wrong if every person's value is based on God's estimate of them. Amen. That's the only way you can say with confidence that slavery is wrong. Murder. The murder of somebody who inconveniences you is only wrong if God is the giver of life, is the author of life, right? Nowadays, you could, yeah, I, I, it blows my mind. I've talked to people and ask them about the abortion issue, right? What do you think about abortion? Oh, you know, that's a woman's body. A woman's got a choice over her own body. Any mother here could tell you that that baby inside there is a different body. It's not your body. That's, a nut, that's somebody else's body, first off, right? But second, it's, it's very, I, I, I've heard people, I've talked to several people. This has come up several times. They'll ask me, well, well do you think, what do you think about the death penalty? And I say, I think murderers should get the death penalty. What kind of pastor are you? <laughs> One that believes the Bible. It talks about you shed man's blood. Man who sheds the blood of another man, by man his blood should be shed. Why? Because it, it helps to deal with murder. But nowadays, people are all about, hey, if that person's an inconvenience to me, let's get rid of them. They're too old. They're too incapacitated. They're too... It's a baby. I don't want that. My wife was telling me the other day, she read about uh, these people that they will do test two babies, like 20 test two babies. And then they'll just pick one that they want to keep and all the rest of them. That is demonically sick. Demonically sick. How many with me? Amen? Sorry. So, Okay. Where was I? I'm getting off a little bit off into the weeds here. But all these things, all these things, there's a whole boatload of other things we could talk about tonight. But all these issues ought to make us feel like aliens in this world. If, those, if you feel like, no, I, that's exactly what I agree with, it may be that you're the wrong kind of alien tonight. You may be an alien to the kingdom of heaven. You know, it doesn't matter our opinion. It doesn't matter the popular vote. God is God, and He will judge all sin and unrighteousness. It doesn't matter, oh, it's 2023. Yeah, and we got less excuse today than we did yesterday. Because God's Word is true always and forever. And the more we know it, the more we need to live according to it. Amen? 
So I want to consider, as we're going to close, the real UFO hearings that we need. You know, there's the hearings up on Capitol Hill about, you know, all this stuff. And I'm, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into that too much. But what we need to be worried about, really, is what's in there. That's, I need to be a whole lot more worried about the guy I see in the mirror giving me trouble and jeopardizing my soul than I need to worry about whatever politician and whatever policy they're pushing. I'm not saying I don't worry about that. I'm just saying I need to be way more concerned with this enemy than those enemies. How many are with me? And so we need to identify, judge, and deal with everything in us that seeks to draw us away from God's will. That might, there's, there's a lot of stuff that that could be. You know, the Bible talks about unequal, being unequally yoked. Okay? That could be a romantic interest. That could be friends. That could be how close you are with coworkers and what you involve yourself in, in in what they're doing. How much, the extent to which you involve yourself in what they're doing. How many know that not everything your buddies at school or work or wherever, not everything that they're into is something you need to be involved in as a Christian. There needs to be a difference. The, the difference between a Christian in the world or somebody in the world ought to be so evident that people can't help but notice. And I'm not saying you've got to run around with a Christian shirt you know, all the time. But in our lifestyle, in our conversation, the way we think, it ought to be so alien and foreign to the way the world thinks that people can't help but notice. Amen? James, here, just, this is one place to consider, to identify, to judge and deal with, is our tongue. God help us. God help us get, a, get control of our tongue. Because we can really mess, you can, we can mess our life up with some words, can't we? James talks about this in chapter 4, verse 7. He says, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. I, picked, I got the wrong verse. <laughs> I'm talking about the tongue in just a sec. But, but <laughs> sorry about that. But this is talking about Dealing with the stuff that's in here, isn't it? You have to identify. You have to judge it. You have to deal with it. You know what's interesting? He says, he says to us, he says, you submit to God. You resist the devil and he will flee from you. Who? Pastor, would you resist the devil for me? Yeah, he's got his own devils to resist. You Say, me, I am responsible to draw near to God. I am responsible to resist the devil. He says, you cleanse your hands. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn. When was the last time that you were so fed up with yourself that you wept over your condition? I'm not saying it has to be every day. I'm not talking about the Calvinistic idea of, oh, I'm just the worst wretch, in the, and you just put yourself down. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God. Because the closer we draw to God, a lot of times, 
the closer you draw to God, the more you see, oh, hello, right? And so, man, that, oh God, deliver me from me. This guy is impo- he's insufferable. <laughs> Amen? Your wife's not the only one that thinks that. Colossians 3 talks about this. He says in verse 4, 5, I'm sorry. He says, put to death your members which are on the, on the earth. Fornication. Well, I'm good. I'm married. All sexual sin. Put away. Put to death your members. Put to death uncleanness. Put to death passion. Put to death evil desires. Put to death covetousness which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. And so we need to, first of all, we need to identify it, we need to judge it, and we need to deal with it. Amen? And second, you know, the more we know Jesus, the more we know Jesus, the easier it is to be an alien in the world. Jesus spoke and he said, listen, no servant is above his master. If they hated me, Guess what? They're going to hate you as well. Amen. We're not better than him, are we? It's a good thing. I remember God set me free from uh, uh, a pity party when I was a new convert. I got saved and I'm changing, man. Things are different. I'm an alien all of a sudden. I'm like, why do you guys, why do you think that stupid stuff is funny? Why do you want to watch that? What is wrong with you people? Why, was I, why did I ever think that Metallica was wonderful? Ugh. Throughout like almost four grand worth of CDs. Some of you are like, what's a CD? Well, time marches on, right? Chuck that. Get. And so these guys start mocking me. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, here comes Reverend Spicer. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. You know, <laughs> Apostle. I'm like, I just, God forgave me. Why would I live 21 years offending God? I don't want to do that anymore. What, what about you guys? And they mock me. They set me up. Hey, hey, Spicer. They call me and they'd be holding up some nasty thing. Huh? Setting traps. Oh, I heard him cuss. Ah! Right? And I, it was like, oh, it's frustrating. And so I'm a brand new convert. I didn't know anything. And I opened my Bible and I'm reading Matthew. And Jesus said, blessed are you when they speak evil against you and all kinds of things falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad because that's the same way they treated the prophets before you. Great is your reward in heaven. I was like, revelation. Next day, they come mocking me. I'm like, bless the Lord. You're blessing me. Come on, give me your best shot. Come on, you. Well, you don't want to mock me anymore? Amen. You better get right with God. You're going to stand before God in judgment. Oh, yeah, that's right. More blessing, more blessing. Because the more we know Jesus, I mean, the more we know who we are in Christ, the more close to home we feel. Because we are. Listen, eternity, we get, I think we get eternity mixed up a lot. Heaven without Jesus is no heaven at all. We can know Jesus personally. When we're finally in heaven, we're finally with him, there will be no more separation. And our text talks about that. It says, listen, as long as you're aliens on earth, 
You're at home in heaven. You have a home. You're right at home. Praise God. And verse 13 of our text says, Now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. God, help us get a revelation of what that means tonight. Amen? Let's pray. just want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Thank you for listening to this episode of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. When you listen to these inspiring messages, you are helping to send missionaries from the Chandler Bible Conference in September. If you loved what you heard, please send this message to someone that needs to hear it. Then leave us a review using the links in the show notes so that everyone who wants to find this podcast will see it when they search for it. We cannot thank you enough. See you next time.